Good afternoon. Welcome to the Long Live Third Parties Podcast. Free Press Media Press Inc., a third party's books publisher, sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Today I read the case Constitutional Party of Pennsylvania versus Cortez, 877-F3D-480, Court of Appeals, Third Circuit, 2017. Friends, today we are going to inspire the advancement of third parties. So let us inspire away. This case involved three third parties uniting. They overlooked their differences to unite in common cause. One of the third parties was the party mentioned in the name of the case, the Constitution Party of Pennsylvania. They joined the Green Party of Pennsylvania and the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania, as well as some other individuals. Our friends wanted to appear on the ballot, but they faced resistance. So let's read about what happened. It says, quote, Numerous individuals and groups, collectively known as the aspiring parties, filed suit to enjoin the application of certain of Pennsylvania's election laws, arguing that those laws were unconstitutional as applied to them. They prevailed. The district court then entered a permanent injunction imposing county-based signature gathering requirements that the aspiring parties must meet in order to appear on the ballot. The aspiring parties appeal once more, arguing that those requirements are an unconstitutional vote dilution scheme in violation of the Equal Protection Clause of the U.S. Constitution. End quote. Did you hear that? They said they prevailed the first time around. So that is a plus. They deserve credit for doing that. We give them an ovation. Woohoo! Clap, clap, clap. They did it. Unfortunately, the next time around, they faced resistance. That wasn't the end of the story, unfortunately. This case also mentions they invoked the First and Fourteenth Amendment, which is something we are seeing again and again. Probably almost every case involves this. Not every case, of course, but... They're doing it again and again. This is a common tactic. We love to see them invoking those amendments. Free Press Me and Press Inc. lives to advance the First Amendment. And we love the 14th Amendment too. The laws here, they're talking about the county-based signature laws, are different than what I've seen before in these cases. Most of these cases, the signature requirements are flat-out numbers. But here, the county-based signature requirements are more intense. So we'll get to that in a second. Right now, I want to talk about here how the court does acknowledge the troubles with this law in Pennsylvania. Because they note, if somebody is opposed to some party, whether it's a third party or another party, getting on the ballot, they can ask the board to review it. And if by chance that third party, most likely, or in some cases it is one of the two parties, as when I research these cases, looking at the keywords I do, sometimes I come up with ballot access cases for the two parties. 
this says under this Pennsylvania regulation, the party has to pay if they lose for the costs of the court. So that sucks, does it not? Now, getting back to that Constitution Party, Green Party, Libertarian Party issue with the law called the county-based signatures. Let's read how they describe it. It says, quote, As for the county signature requirements, this bill provided that for the Office of Governor, at least 5,000 signatures must be gathered to include at least 250 from at least 10 counties. Pennsylvania, there are 67 counties. For other statewide offices, this bill required between 1,250 and 250 signatures with at least 250 from at least five counties, end quote. From what I understand in the other cases that I've read, most of the time, you signatures are signatures. You don't have to get them from specific counties. If you get all of them from one county, but you get none from the next county or the next county or the next county, then it's fine. Or if you get five from this county, five from this county, 90, the rest 90% from one county, but the other six counties you don't get anything from, you're fine. I could be wrong about that. I haven't read every case and I certainly haven't read every law of ballot access in every state. That's how I understand it at this point. This law here is very intense because you have to get it from at least a certain number of counties. For the governor, it says 10 counties. For the other offices, 5 counties. So you got to be all over the place getting these signatures. They talk about the history of these county-based signatures and they talk about how rural areas make a difference and how it spreads people thin. They have to go to different areas. Stuff like that. Ultimately, they conclude as following. Quote, For the foregoing reasons, we will vacate the district court's judgment and remand for further proceedings consistent with this opinion. End quote. So the district court gave our friends what they needed and then they appealed and then now they come up to this court and then they sent it back down. It's not a total defeat because the district court can change stuff and they can could have still gotten on the ballot afterwards, but you don't want to remand when you're getting when it's against what you need. So unfortunately, that's not what we need here. So how do you get motivation to keep on fighting after all these appeals and the cases can be long-winded? How do you, this case is a prime example. This case involved multiple appeals. So how do you keep motivation for multiple appeals? And what do you think about this county-based signature requirement? Do you like it? Do you think it's a bad thing? What do you think? Otherwise, let's keep pressing forward for the prize of ballot access. Long live third parties. Goodbye.